welcome back to Crash and Burn. You're listening to yet another episode. If you've missed any of our previous episodes, Bernie, where can our listeners find us at? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud at CNB Podcast. Is it at the CNB Podcast? Yeah, on Twitter, yep. At the CNB Podcast. Sorry, and, Josh normally does all this yeah, stuff. And, he threw it to me unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah. And where else? Uh, SoundCloud, Twitter, and also iTunes. iTunes. We are on right. iTunes. Crash and Burn Podcast. Look us up. Yep. You can listen to any episode. Subscribe to it, and you can pick out any segment that you want to listen to. We've got all kinds of different things on there uh, as well. Now we're going to dive into some NFL talk. And if you would have um, told me that a few of these teams are where they're at, I would have been a little shocked, to say the least, because it's been a little bit of a surprising year. But here's a quick rundown. In the AFC, here are your division leaders. The Patriots, the Raiders, and the Steelers all lead their respective divisions with a 4-1 and record. The Houston Texans lead the AFC South uh, with a 3-2 and record overall. And if you go over to the NFC, uh, in the East, it's the Cowboys. They have a 4-1 and record. The Seahawks lead the West. They're at a, with a 3-1 and record. The Vikings, they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL. They're 5-0. and They lead the North. And in the South, it's the Falcons with a 4-1 and record. So those are your division leaders. The Falcons, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Texans. Any surprises on that list? Josh, I got uh... – okay, well, I picked the Raiders to win that division. So I'm not too surprised about that. My biggest surprise would have to be, and I think everyone's would have to be, the Minnesota Vikings being undefeated right now with their backup, with their starting quarterback going down with an ACL tear. He's out for the year. Adrian Peterson, arguably the best running back of all time, uh, going down with an injury. Um, I'm going to admit when he came to Carolina, I thought, no way we, we lose this game. Their, their quarterback's out and, they, and their Adrian Peterson's not playing. I mean, come on. We've got this. Yeah. But that defense is, is oh, my God. Yep. And they know how to scheme against uh, teams. Uh, they watch game tape, and Mike Zimmer is a genius defensively because they, they, they masked Kelvin the entire time. Greg and Kelvin were hardly involved at all. We couldn't get anything going offensively. Um, now, this is just Panther-wise. I mean, but you look at the, the, the quarterback they blanked before, uh, Aaron Rodgers, in, in Minnesota. Uh, and they're not doing this against you know, crappy quarterbacks. They're doing this against MVP-caliber uh, quarterbacks. Uh, and that defense, it's comparable statistically to the 85 Bears. Uh, aside from, uh, I think, takeaways, they, they have allowed less points. And everybody does this every year with a great defense. They compare statistically with the 85 Bears, and there's almost no comparison. But that's got to be my biggest surprise. Also, uh, I don't think anyone is that surprised about the Falcons. I think people thought the Falcons had pieces in place, but could they finally put it together? Um, Matt Ryan has has been hot and cold. Um, they call him Matty Ice because he has ice in his veins, supposedly. He's playing like it this year. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, they might have surprised me a little bit because I picked Carolina, of course, to win our division um, like an idiot, thinking that we would come out and play good football. But I'm a Panthers fan. I should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my big surprise, it's got to be the, the Vikings. With, with what they've done with, with so little – and just kind of putting people in place, putting them in the right position to make, make good plays. Um, you've just got to give your hat to uh, the Vikings. Uh, yeah. That's my surprise right now. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't see the Vikings being 5-0 and after five oh, games. And, sorry, and Dallas as well. I did yeah. not foresee uh, Dallas leading their division either. I didn't either. see Dallas being 4-1. But four are they one. not tied with Philadelphia? Uh, no, they're a half game better because the Eagles They've won are a game in the division? One. They're 3-1. Have the they, Eagles played anyone in the division yet? That might be why. Um, because Dallas has beat Washington. And they lost to the Giants, though. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm talking out of my ass. So, but, no, I, I think it's more because Dallas has played five games and the Eagles have only played four. Okay, they, yeah. They're a half a game yeah. different. Uh, but they do have a, a contest coming up soon between the Eagles and the and the Cowboys. That's coming up uh, here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dallas goes to Green Bay this week. Yes. Um, and like I said, I don't I, – I wouldn't – if you'd have told me the Vikings would be 5-0 and after five games, oh, yeah. I would have I would have said, no, you're wrong. I did pick them to win the division. But based off of their defense, like you said, uh, I know a lot of people thought of that, you know, I was a little crazy um, and that, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers would walk away with this division. But that defense um, is just, you know, you can't say anything else about them. It's, it's been a solid defense yeah. and they're only going to get better because, you know, like you said, they do game, you know, they come up with great schemes to stop offenses. And just when you think you got their defense figured out, they make an adjustment, and then you can't do anything. They have a way of scheming against receivers and just making them put up bogus numbers. Yeah. Uh, Odell, you know, had fits against them, literally threw a fit out there on the field. Yeah. And uh, it was national news. Uh, they just do this week in and week out. And if they can continue to do this, I think last year proved it, when you have a strong defense like this, it can really carry you in the playoffs. Defense travels. Yep. And uh, the Broncos proved that last year. Yep, they sure did. Um, I think another one of my surprises is that the Jacksonville Jaguars are yes. one and three. I really had a good feeling about them I, this I, year. I did too. I, I had them. I didn't have them winning the AFC North, but I had them competing with the Texans in that division. I had Houston ultimately coming out on top because Houston has a better defense. But I thought, you know, I was. Now it looks like Tennessee might be in a better position to yeah, challenge Houston. Tennessee's actually second. I, I still don't with, like the Colts. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't like the, because too they many can't holes protect, defensively. Yeah. I mean, they cut Cromartie because of how bad he played against Jacksonville in London. Yeah. Literally cut him because of that. Yeah, so that's those are really my only uh, only surprises. I didn't see Dallas sitting at 4-1. No, I did, not with an injured I did Tony pick Romo. them to win the East simply because everybody else was just – there's so many, too many questions. But Carson Wentz is, is playing a lot better than I expected yeah. him to play. Um, so that matchup with the Eagles is not going to be a cakewalk. No. Um, as Wentz is playing extremely well in his rookie year. Um, I did see Dallas winning that division, but didn't see them starting out 4-1. and one. Uh, And I think all those Cowboy hate, – not haters, but all those Cowboy fans who are a little skeptical and who kept saying, well, it's just the preseason, it's just the preseason. I think they're extremely happy with the way Dak, Dak Prescott has played under center in place of Tony Romo. Please. Sorry. And he's not going to – Dak's not going to be one of those guys that's going to light you up. And you're, he's not going to put up these eye-popping numbers where you're like, wow, damn. He's going to do he's what gonna, Russell Wilson he, did he's when a he ball, first came in the league. Yeah, he's a game manager. He's not going to turn the football over. He's only got one turnover, and that was on a fumble that, you know, he hasn't thrown an interception yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taking care of the football, which is all you can ask for. He's going to be that guy that pisses you off because you think you've got him. You just think you've got him. And he escapes and makes some kind of play where you get a first down, just barely. I mean, defenses hate quarterbacks like that. When you think you've got him there and you've got him trapped, and then he makes some kind of spectacular, stupid play that no one will ever make in their life. Yeah. And then it happens. Yeah. And, um, then, yeah. and now the Cowboys are in a situation where, you know, what, what do they do when Romo comes back? Especially yeah. if they're playing as well as they're playing right now. Say they're sitting at, you know, eight and one when he comes back. And it's going to be awfully are tough. Gonna, are you going to take Dak out and take away that momentum that he's created with his teammates and that chemistry and all that work that's been doing and say, well, sorry, Romo's healthy. We're going to put him back in. Because I think even if you do that for half and then, and then bench Romo, I think you're, you know, that's still a bad decision to make. If I'm a coach, no, I don't want to take out Dak. 
But if I'm a businessman, absolutely, I want to take Dak out because I've got money, big money, invested in Tony Romo. Yeah, and I, I can understand that. So I'm a little torn, but but most of me wants to just keep Dak in there. Why would you mess with something like that? Winning is everything. Yeah. You know, you you want the wins ultimately tell the tale at the end of the day. So if it doesn't, I don't think it should matter who's that quarterback. No, and they, and they like I said, they lost to the Giants, but that was a good ball game. The Giants won it late, yeah. and ever since then, the Cowboys won four in a row. Yep. So they're, they're surprising the hell out of me. I yeah, tell you that. they are. Uh, so that's definitely um, a, a question and a controversy that's coming up, you know, in Dallas. Should that present itself now? We'll find out what the Cowboys and what Dak Prescott are all about because their next two weeks are in Green Bay and then in in, in Seattle. So two really huge games against uh, teams that could win their division. Green Bay is always a, mm-hmm. a, a perennial division challenger, and Seattle is too, simply because of of their defense. Uh, they're they haven't played as well as they. Sh- have, you know, have been in the past, but they're still sitting at three and one. Somehow, they're still yeah. sitting at three and one. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's you know, we'll see what Dallas and what Dak Prescott's all about. Before we get too far into the NFL thing, uh, I, I, it would be, uh, I think it's I have to brag a little bit because <laughs> my fantasy team is sitting at four and one wow. after winning four straight. I didn't think that would be even possible. Look at Josh. I, <laughs> I figured I would start out having games against. The guy I played first, who who barely beat me, if I put in Will Fuller, it's a different ball game. I'm sitting at five and zero, oh. but you know what? I, you know what my come, record is it one and four. Yes, <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing. But no, great. I thought I seriously thought week two when we we match up, I was like I'm gonna get killed because. But no. But because I got killed by Drew Brees and you got Antonio Brown, I'm like oh man, this is just gonna be a nightmare. Nope, nope. Josh but beat me. Cam and Greg Olson came through for me, and and Justin Tucker. I don't know. Uh, I'm glad he was there when I decided to take yeah, a kicker. That's right. Because he's he's been one of the better kickers one of my, in the NFL. One of my top players. So um, definitely have to brag a little bit about that. There now I, I brag now and then now watch. I'm going to go down. I'll go downheel and finish uh-huh. four and that's four how it and something. Shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have said anything, Josh. <laughs> no, I shouldn't have said anything. Jinx yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I think another surprise is that the Carolina Panthers are sitting at one and four right now. Uh, they're. Again, half a percentage point behind the Saints, who are at one and three. And that's our next opponent as we go into the Dome to take on Drew Brees and the Saints on Sunday on short rest. The good news is that Cam Newton did participate in practice, was a as full well, participant. As well as Jonathan Stewart. So um, definitely getting some guys back. Um, not only did Cam take snaps with the first team, but when they rotated – um, and had David uh, Derek Anderson taking first team snaps just on just to be on the safe side. Uh, Cam took practice squad snaps, so you know definitely a good sign as far as him maybe getting on the field and back into the Panthers starting offense uh, against the New Orleans Saints because it was evident Monday night that Carolina missed missed Cam Newton. Um, I I know it was a close ball game and Tampa Bay won it at the very end on a uh, Roberto Aguayo field goal. And when it's 17 to 14 as time expired, but I really think that you could tell out there on Monday night that you know this Carolina Panther team is not the same without Cam Newton. Just lost. Uh, I was there, Josh. I can vouch for the sloppy um, play that led to a loss uh, to a division opponent. I mean, it's just a backbreaker. You figure after that huge loss to Atlanta, they come out with a chip on their shoulder. I mean, they got torched. Our defense got torched. And, yeah, our offense did okay towards the end because it was garbage time. Um, but I think we came out this season complacent from last season. Uh, we went 15-1 and one and made it to the Super Bowl. Of course, we lost. But I think that they were just, well, this is what it's like to be there. We're, we're at that level to where we can just go out on the field and people are, we're going to win. 
Um, I'm sorry, even the Patriots don't go out on the field and they just win. Uh, they, they prepare, and Bill Belichick has them ready. As much as I don't like the Patriots, I respect what they've done. They're a model uh, of consistency. The, exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get up there with teams like that, you've got to prepare uh, like you just lost the last game every single week. You have to prepare like you're going to lose by 30 points. Um, I feel like the Panthers are just preparing like it's any other game. Um, it needs to be crunch time now, almost as if uh, when Ron Rivera was on the hot seat and he needed to win or he was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, we talked about it earlier, losing Josh Norman uh, is starting to show in our secondary. But not only that, we can't get a pass rush. Uh, we can't stop the quarterback from sitting back there for six, seven, eight seconds and just picking our defense apart. Um you know, I, I know I, I mentioned that I feel like Thomas Davis lost a little bit of fire, but you mentioned also that they're tired. Him and Luke can't make all the plays on the defense. No. You know, we've got to have some guys step up. Um, I'm glad we didn't pay KK Short that money right now. Um, he's, yeah, not, he's, he's, not, he's definitely not playing like a $17 million a year player. No, but, you know, and I thought a lot of our issues are on defense, and they are, but you made an awesome point in saying that offensively uh, we just can't put up points. Um, we had the number one scoring offense in the league last year. I want to know how you add uh, your number one receiver that you didn't have, uh, but somehow you got worse on offense. Um, it just felt like Cam wasn't there this offseason, uh, preparing like he lost a Super Bowl. I feel like he was out there celebrating like he won, um, making a show. Uh, you know, And I love what he does in community for the kids, but if that's me, I, that is eating me alive losing the way I did in the Super Bowl and and I'm just out there grinding and I want to win more than anything I just haven't seen that from Cam this year not saying that he's not a competitor but I haven't seen that fire in general from this Panthers team that they had last year they they were an underdog even when they were eight and oh people were doubting the Panthers now we're one and four and people are definitely doubting the Panthers where do we go from here that's what I'm interested to see do we finally just get a swift kick in the balls and say what are we what kind of team do we want to be? Because the play calling and the coaching is not indicative of the players that you have out on the field right now. You need to make a game plan and put people in position to succeed. And right now, Shula and McDermott are not doing that. Um, it's got to fall on Ron Rivera to some extent. And and I said it earlier, I don't see David Gettleman using every channel uh, to the best of his ability to make this team better. Um, last year, we saw him trade for Jared Allen at the trade deadline. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. You got a veteran defensive end. Um, and we, we signed Charles Tillman. I thought that was a great move. You get another veteran voice in there. He, he's lost a step, but he can play. He knows where to be. And I think that was the biggest reason why they cut Ben Wickery last week was because he was always in the wrong spot. It's not that he wasn't capable. But when you play a zone defense, you've got to be in the right position. It's not like a man coverage scheme when you just got to have your man locked down. You need to be in the right spot so other guys can make plays. And Ben Wickery was in the wrong spot constantly. Yeah. So I think that's why you see a Michael Griffin in here who, while he's older and has lost a step, he, he knows where to be. He's a smarter player. So I hated to see Ben Wickery go. I hated the time that we did it on a Friday. I've, I've never seen a team cut their starting corner – uh, two days or three days before their game. Never seen that. Um, it, 
a lot of these moves that the Panthers are making are just kind of baffling to me. I don't really understand how you go from being being so great last year to losing a couple pieces and becoming disastrous. I mean, this team looks like a shell of itself. And it, it's got to come on the players to an extent, but also coaching. Uh, they're not putting people in the right positions. So I, I'm really interested to see how we do in the Dome, Josh. You said, I mean, this is – you know, the defense isn't great, but – our defense has got to be able to stop their offense. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, New Orleans doesn't have a, a, a good offensive line. So what, I'm, what I want to see happen on Sunday in New Orleans, regardless of the outcome, uh, do I want us to win? Absolutely. But I want to see the defensive front, those front four guys, Star Latulale, K1 Short, Charles Johnson, um, uh, Coney Ely. I want to see those four guys make it so hard for Drew Brees to stay in the pocket that it's just a nightmare because New Orleans' offensive line is not very good. Um, so I think we have to be able to pressure Drew Brees and, and make him so uncomfortable that he can't sit back there because if he, sit, if he has time to sit back there like Matt Ryan did against – against us a couple weeks ago, then it's going to be bad news. He's going to pick us apart. Now, cause, and, and that's just not just because of our defense. I don't care who you have at corner and who you have at safety. If you give an NFL quarterback six, seven seconds in the pocket it's to gonna, sit back there, you're going to get torched you cannot because expect, those receivers – Yeah, You cannot expect a, a corner to cover a receiver for more than five, six seconds. No. He's going to get open. Yeah. And so that's what I want to see happen. I want to see that happen mixed in with a little bit – a few more blitzes. Yeah. Especially on those – uh, maybe not necessarily on, on third and long, like third and 17 or third and 15 or, or third and 20 even. But because in those situations, you, you do have you to kind of – You can play a little more loose. You, you, do, you do have to kind of show blitz, but then play a little deeper zone so you can tackle, make, make them throw it short and then attack so they don't get that first down. But if it's third and six, third and five, third and six, third and seven, give me a few more blitzes. Be a little more aggressive because, you know, you can't sit back there and play that soft you coverage on third and five. obviously can't get pressure with your front four. Yeah. But, you know, we, we blitz over 50% of the time in the Atlanta game because we could not get pressure with our front four. And even with a blitz, we couldn't get pressure. Yeah, it, It's just it, something is not right. It, it, it either comes down to coaching or the players just don't – they don't care. Because the, the, the intensity that I saw last year on every play – I mean, our team just – they had a grit about them that I loved. We were mean, especially on defense. And I, I feel like a lot of that has gone uh, because of Josh Norman, because of veterans that we've lost on defense. Uh, Charles Tillman, Roman Harper, Jared Allen. Um, those were big voices in the locker room. Uh, Charles Johnson, he's a veteran, but he's quiet. I mean, he's very reserved. I, I just I, I don't know if the Panthers can come back from this one and four start and even make the playoffs. I, you know, screw winning the division. If the Falcons can keep up what they're doing, no one's going to catch them. Yeah, um, the Falcons look fantastic right now on both sides of the ball. Um, I just think in all three facets of the game, the Panthers are lost. They are just lost, and that's the best way to describe it. So, yeah. uh, you know, Ron Rivera's got to get his guys rallied up, ready for a game in the dome. It's going to be loud. Um, they weren't kidding when they said we come out this year with targets on our backs. And that's and uh, you know I don't I don't think we've responded like that because now when you go from you know being you know winning the division and maybe winning one game in the playoff playoffs and getting knocked out and then you come back the next year you go 15 and 1 you win the division Good. you should you should win the super bowl yeah. uh, you know against a team that whose offense did Anemic. absolutely nothing awful so you should have won the super bowl by all accounts 
And that, then when you come out that next season, you have to understand and know, hey, there's a giant red target on our backs, and it's going to happen every Sunday. Because when we come into town, whether they come to Charlotte or they come or we go to them, they're, they're going to be like, we need, we're going to knock off the reigning defending NFC, NFC champions. champions. And that's doesn't matter what huge. our record is. We yeah. won the NFC last year, and people want to beat the hell out of us. Yeah. And, and players, it's just it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. I love the Panthers, but it's hard to watch this team right now. It, it is. It's hard. Um, I, I do think that we can kind of get it back starting on Sunday. If we can do some good things and, and beat New Orleans going into the bye week next week because we have – Yeah, I don't expect us week. to come out and play like we did no, last year. No. But I, I expect us to make improvements. Yeah, if we come out uh, and we're improved and we get a, a W in the Dome, and we go into that bye week with a little bit of momentum. I think when we come out of that bye week and then our first game uh, against the Cardinals, which is after the bye week, yeah. uh, I think you'll. I think we'll see a, a much different Carolina Panther team. There's because, a potential for because, us to gain some gain some steam. Yeah, because you know Ron Rivera's and he's doing what he's supposed to do as a coach, staying positive. He's like, well, we're, we can't go 13 and three, but we can't go 12 and four. But in order to do that, we have to be a better football team because we got 11 games left. And if you win 11 in a row and finish 12 and four, you got a shot. You know, you got a shot at at winning your division. It's all about getting hot at the right time. Yeah. But these these losses, and and you said it yourself, Josh. The Panthers are a few plays away, a few mistakes away from being three and two. Mm -hmm. Or two plays away. Yeah, two plays away. And and it's just it's the back breaking penalties. And the stupid turnovers that, that irritate me the most. Yeah. Uh, it's just the most untimely penalties. There was numerous times in the Tampa Bay game last week, and you can go weeks one through four and you can see the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the San Fran game, there were times where, where we couldn't get out of our own way. We tried to give him, get him back in the game. Yeah, Ted Ginn with a kickoff. Yeah, we, you know, we got, we got lucky. Two, yeah. I honestly feel like we got lucky winning that game because we could have easily just let San Francisco have the momentum. Yeah. Luckily, they couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah. And the only reason why Tampa Bay won that game on Monday night was because they made less mistakes than we did. Yep. And that the you talk about backbreaking penalties and and turnovers. You know that that one in, in the end zone at the one yeah. yard line on the first I, down I was like five five or six minutes to go in the ball game, tied yeah. fourteen to fourteen. You got to after hand a it. tremendous run by Fozzie Whitaker. Yeah. I mean, that's almost resemble, you know, that resembles what Seattle should have done against New England to repeat as Super yes. Bowl champions. Give it to Marshawn Lynch, yeah. and you're a two time Super Bowl champion. Give it to Cap in that situation. We're probably having a different, a different, yeah. a, a different. We're talk talking now. about how the Panthers could, you know, that build could on save this. their season. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's obvious that you know they do offensively anyway. They miss Cam Newton. I'd like to see Coach Shula mix it up some more. Um, Shula. I, I can't tell you the number of times I sit at my TV and I'm thinking. What is going on? I mean, why are we? I want to know what's going on through that? his head. Yeah, it's like, what are we? You know, like, what are we doing? Like the first drive Monday night against Tampa Bay, come out three straight runs, Terrible. three and out, and you kick it back to New, kick it back to Tampa Bay. I didn't understand that. And then Roberto Aguayo misses a you know a field goal that could put him ahead seventeen to fourteen with you know I don't know four three four minutes left to go in the ball game. And you come out and you run three straight handoffs, yep. three and out, and then you punt it back to him. Punt it back to him with three minutes left. I mean, knowing good and well that Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson have had a lot of success against Tampa Bay in that game. That tells because me you they don't. Can't. That tells me you don't trust Derek Anderson. Not just that. Oh, we've been running the ball well. I feel like we can run up. No, they know you're going to chew up clock. All you did was want to chew up clock. Yeah. So why don't you get a first down here, first down there. Get yourself in at least in field goal range. Then start eating the clock up. Yeah. Because 
I'm going to tell you, I haven't been in the NFL ever in my entire life, but I think that I speak for 90% of fans when I say maybe it's not a great idea to preserve time for the other team to march down the field. Yeah. Maybe not. And it's it's definitely not. Um, and there was one instance, another instance in the ball game where, you know, it's third down and short, and Tampa Bay has – Everybody except for their two corners on the or line. two or three corners up at the line of scrimmage. No, they know you're going to run the ball, and we didn't run it. We ended up throwing it, you know, to the outside to Greg Olson where he tried to hit him, and, oh, yeah. and Olson almost made a great catch. But in that situation, I'm I'm thinking if I'm, if I'm Derek Anderson, I want to have some sort of sign to my receiver like Devin Funches, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, he was supposed to do a dig route instead of a post route because if he does a dig route, Devin Funches does, then he's wide open across the middle of the field, and it's a huge game because at the end of that play when they showed it on TV, I could see Ricky Prohl looking at Devin Funches with his hands up like, "What are you doing?" Because saying in essence saying that you're supposed to do a dig right there instead of a post because he did a post which brought the safety down so. Anderson Anderson really didn't even look his way anyway. Right. But if he does a dig route right there, comes across the middle of the field, he is wide open. Right. And it's a conversion. So uh, there's there's a lot of things. Something seems to be amiss. And I think the one big glaring issue from last year's team to this year's team is last year the Carolina was like, I don't know, plus 90 in turnover yeah, margin. Yeah, Discipline. And now we're minus – 16 minus 11 something we're worse I mean we don't we're not getting we're the third the, worst in yeah, turnover margin we're not getting the turnovers that we got last year defensively I think and it's, I think it's that's a big issue discipline and 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 not taking care of the ball mm-hmm. uh, I think those are our two biggest bugaboos right now yep we turned the ball over four times to Tampa Bay and they turned it over zero and we still almost won that game yep I mean that should tell you everything you need to know about this Panthers team right now yep we, that, we can't get out of our own way. Yeah, we can't. Uh, and I know I've, I've told you two plays away from sitting at three and two, which leads me to believe that we're better than what one and four shows. And, yeah. and obviously we know that. We're better. we got more talent than being one and four. Um, but if we sure up some of those back-breaking things and stop killing ourselves, it goes to show you that we're still just as good as we were last year. But we have to – It's uh, up here. It's, we yeah. have the talent. It's yeah. a mental thing. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, just a message to those people who who blow up Facebook and all that stuff. Believe me, you know, don't call out Carolina Panther fans, especially if you're a bandwagon fan. Okay. Because we might be sitting at one and four right now, but we're still going to come to Bank of America Stadium and we're still going to watch the Panthers and oh, we're yeah. still going to root for them. I'm a Panther fan. And I'm going to be what? a Panther fan until I die. Them tickets are cheap as hell right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll be going to some games. Yeah, heck yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't afford them when the season started. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I pay, I would have had to pay more for a regular season game this year than I paid to go to the Seattle playoff game last year. Yeah. Which is unreal. Yeah. And I sat almost, I sat 14 hours back. Yeah. I mean, that's, re- that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but I do have high hopes for 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 Carolina because I think you know and I know that Ron Rivera in some of his his press conferences doesn't seem it may he may give off the vibe as if he's not upset or not concerned or something like that but believe me in those in that when it's just him and the team and him and his coaches believe me I I have a feeling his message to them is a lot different than the message he's giving to us I think Ron Rivera is very good at being reserved when he needs to be oh yeah Uh, because a lot of coaches uh Rex Ryan he he puts his foot in his mouth when he needs to yeah and so uh, you know I think they're going to have them motivated and you know I fully believe that we're going to have a champion's mentality here and we're going to say okay enough is enough it's time for us to get up off the mat 
dust ourselves off and play the way we know we can play, and then we're going to come back and we're going to make this interesting. I, um, yeah. I, I think if we win this game this weekend, it could be a huge boost. But if we lose, then I, I don't have much hope for our rest of our season. Yeah, so it's it's definitely – this one right here, uh, I, I don't know that – I don't know if I've ever seen a, a must-win game in six weeks in, but this is this is must-win. This, this feels like a must-win, uh, especially for Carolina. Yeah, especially um, the way that Atlanta's playing right now. Yeah, and so uh, I, I definitely hope and and definitely believe that we're going to live by that. It's keep pounding's not just a phrase. It's the way we do things here in Carolina and the way we do things in Charlotte. And I believe that's the kind of mentality you're going to see going forward. Keep pounding. We're going to win every play, and we're going to be a lot better focused, and we're going to stop shooting ourselves in the foot so we can get back in this and turn this around. Let's hope so. Yeah. So that's going to wrap us up for this segment of Crash and Burn. Don't go anywhere. we got our world-famous Grind My Gear segment, which we close every episode with. You don't want to miss what's grinding our gears this week. Thanks for listening. This is Crash and Burn.